Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the ME7 podcast. One week removed from the removal of Neil Harris as manager of Gillingham Football Club. We are still not closer to finding out who will be the man to take over the hot seat at Field and take us forward for the rest of the League 2 campaign. But with that being said, Jill's picked up a great 2-1 victory last weekend over MK Don to send us into third place in the Skybet League 2 table, followed up by a disappointing, if you like, 5-1 defeat to Portsmouth in the Pepperoni Passion Cup. Um, no one really cares about that, but it is something that happens, so we should mention it. Um, Johnny Williams getting his first goal for the Jewels, which was the big positive uh, from the evening, as well as lots of debuts for academy players, some that started the game, some who came off the bench. Um, Mike McArthur started, a skipper came on, Sitole played as well, uh, Sam Gale, I think, might have played a part. Lots of uh, great experience for the young boys, um, despite the disappointing result at Fratton Park, but it's not a competition that takes any priority, so we'll take the positives from it and move along very swiftly. And of course, Jules will be travelling to uh, Central Bank, or uh, not Central Bank, that's Lincoln, uh, the Best Scott Stadium or the Poundland Stadium, as it's now called, uh, to take on Walsall, uh, a ground where we don't have the the best record in recent years. That's um, fair to say, I believe. I've been there quite a few times myself and I haven't actually seen us win a game there. So, yeah, it doesn't bode particularly well, but these records have to be broken at some point. Now, I did say the same about the record at Doncaster before we went there and that's going to carry on for at least another year. So hopefully the, the Walsall record can be uh, can be changed and we can go there and get three points under the tutelage, of course, of Keith Medden, who remains in interim charge as the search for a new manager continues. Um, we've got Lewis and Reese uh, with us this evening. Uh, Lewis, we'll bring you in uh, first. Um, what's your thoughts per firstly on the, on the week gone by? Because I think we were all sort of optimistic that we might have had a, a name come round now to take over from Neil Harris ahead of this game, but it hasn't worked out that way. Brad's come to Twitter himself and, and spoke about the fact that, you know, it has to be right. It'll take his time. It's, it's an important um, appointment, which of course we all know it is, but um, I suppose most of us were, were sort of anticipating, given the sacking of Neil Harris at the time it was done, that there might be um, at, least, at least a clear name that's come out, if not an actual appointment as to who he's going to take over. But fortunately, that's uh, not the case uh, at this moment in time, as we head towards uh, head towards Warsaw this Saturday. Yeah, evening Owen, evening everyone. Um, yeah, it's, I like many others expected there to be someone in position by now. I think, you know, we weren't we weren't going horribly under Harris. Obviously, it's still still quite raw for a lot of people. People are still very surprised about it, about the timing of it. Still, a lot of people, of course, who think it was an incorrect thing to do. I think whatever you think in terms of whether it's the right or wrong decision you know there's no doubting we were we were doing okay the league table doesn't lie you know three points later and you know we're only a couple of points off top so you know we spoke to death really about the decision whether it was the right one or wrong one it was definitely a um <clears throat> a risky one it was a proactive one i suppose you could say um with the assumption that it is going to go on to be a right one um it was a proactive one. I think we played decent football under Millen at the weekend and then the first half against Portsmouth on Tuesday as well. But I thought sort of, you know, it wasn't going badly and we had a tough run of games coming up, a home game. And then, you know, in a couple of weeks, we play the league leaders at Priestfield. So I think a lot of people did think that we would have had someone in place by now. I know you're strongly of that view, Owen. I think um, I sort of thought Millen was going to be in charge for the MK Dons game and the Portsmouth game, and then someone would come in sort of between Tuesday and, and Saturday. But I don't think that's going to be the case. We have no reason not to trust Brad and Shannon. Um, you know, pretty much everything they've done so far has been correct. They obviously care a lot. Um, I don't think we'll ever know the full story behind Neil Sackin and, you know, potentially who's who's sort of doing the work over here while those guys are still in the States. Um, we might never know the full story of, of who, who's pulling the strings, etc. But, you know, we have no reason to, to doubt that the Gallantons won't make a positive final call. I just hope it doesn't come at a cost to our to our league our league campaign. And, you know, there's no reason to believe that it won't, that it will. Um, you know, three points against MK Dons, hopefully a result against Walsall and then, then the big one. So, you know, as long as it's not having an impact on our season, um, it's important to get the right person in, like you say. Yeah, Reese, it is very important. And obviously, um, when the decision was made, we were discussing it all night at the uh, Tiger Moth um, week quiz night. Once again, didn't end particularly well. But 
that's the case of, of what happens on a Thursday with us, unfortunately. But regardless, um, we, we looked at the decision. We, we had our views on it. I think you, you thought it was too early. I did as well. But regardless of you know whether you're pro or anti Harris, it, you know decision's done now. It's not going to be changed. We've got to move on from it. And uh, yeah, we sort of saw the MK Dons game. We thought, okay, well, you know, it's, it's been done two days before a game. I suppose you can't really get anyone in that quickly. I guess unless you had someone literally ready to walk in the door as soon as. Neil Harris exits it, but that's not um, not the case. Uh, Keith Millen took charge, won the game, obviously. After that, we thought, OK, this is going to be the week we probably get someone in because, you know, you've got the free hit, which we all expected Keith Millen to take charge of that game at Portsmouth because, as I said before, it's not a priority game, so it doesn't really get in the, in the way of anything per se. But, yeah, we're going to, we're going to Walsall on Saturday. Um, still managers, Keith Millen will be taking the reins. Um, Braden Shannon, obviously, still in uh, in America. So, like Lewis says... Um, we don't know who's doing the day-to-day running of the of the club whilst they're both away. Um, there's, there's one name we don't want to say he's doing it, but you've got to look at it and think it is a, a likely possibility, which I'm sure won't um, sit well with, with many fans uh, for obvious reasons. But um, yeah, how's, how's your approach been since you know, the MK Dons game where I think we all were pretty certain that some would be in by this weekend? Obviously, hasn't proven to, to be the case. And um, yeah, we're still... We're still in a situation where we're looking, and ultimately, um, although Brad obviously wants to take the time and get the right appointment, we it's not like um, we're making a change in the middle of the summer where you've got you know time to properly look at who's best and whatever else, and you know get ready for a pre-season campaign. You've got somebody who's going to have to come in straight away and, and make the impact because the position we sat Neil in, three points off the top three, we're now in the top three. You, you know, it's probably the most pressurised appointment that anyone's going to have walking into pre-season. This one. Yeah, I'm. I must admit, I'm. I'm disappointed a little bit that we don't have someone in yet. Um, there's still sort of the whole puzzle of events of how we've got to this point. There is still, a, I still have a lot more questions than answers. I still think there are a lot of things that that don't quite add up. And the, the more time goes on, the more my mind is starting to think that this wasn't a decision that sort of. The, the people in charge were anticipating making over a, over a period of weeks because I think if that was the case, they would have had someone lined up. And I know I've seen, seen people say sort of over recent days that, well, if they had had someone lined up to come in as soon as Harris left, then it would have been going behind his back. But I think, unfortunately, it's, this is football in 2023. Um, that's actually quite common procedure. Um, you only have to look at Birmingham the other day. John Eustace was sacked and within, what, 48 hours, Wayne Rooney's appointed. Um, Jill's have done it in the past, you know, when, when Peter Taylor took over from Allen, he'd been at games prior to that. When Evans took over from Lovell, he'd been seen in the ground prior to that. So it's not abnormal for, for, for teams to sort of get people lined up before they eventually pull the trigger on a manager. Um, especially given the fact, like Lewis says, we was, we was in a, a pretty healthy league position. You know, we'd lost a couple of games, but you know, we we lost the crew game because we, you know, we, we missed a lot of chances. I don't think it was a, it was a case that the wheels had completely fallen off. And you know, I didn't look under look at us under Harris and think, buddy, oh, I can't see us winning a game for five or six weeks. It wasn't like that. Um, I think we would have won last week's game if if Neil was in the dugout anyway. Um, and and that's the thing for me in terms of timing. You know, Brad and Shannon were, as far as I'm aware, they were in the country for a good few weeks. Um, and then suddenly the week they go back to America, we sack the manager. The timing of that doesn't seem to add up to me, which which makes me think that there might be more to it than meets the eye. But like Lewis says, we'll we'll probably never, ever find out the, the reality on that. Um, but no, I, I think we need to get someone someone in sooner rather than later. Um, but like you say, it's it's it was a, it was a tough... If, if we'd appointed someone the day after Harris was sacked, there was pressure on the new man coming in because... You know, we'd, we'd have sacked a perfectly capable and safe pair of hands in eighth in the table, which, you know, if that was deemed not good enough, then that would suggest that the playoffs at least were the expectation. And now if we if we go to Walsall Saturday and get a result and we're still sitting in the top three, that then heaps even more pressure on the new man coming in because then the expectation is going to be that we stay there. Um, so whilst it's whoever the decision is for sort of the new manager, it's I'm sure it's a, it's a really exciting opportunity. Because whilst you know we all have differing opinions on on Neil and and the football we played, you know he's left us in a pretty good space in the league with a 
a talented and a united set of players. So it's a really good opportunity for someone walking in. But the flip side of that is that when you walk into a team that is in a decent position, there's a lot of pressure on you to keep them there. Um, but I'm, maybe we'll come on to it a bit later. But my, my biggest worry at the moment is that, like I say, we've, we've sacked a decent manager, who, whether he likes his football or not, had delivered very, very good results for the football club in this calendar year. And I'm not seeing anyone jump off the page at me personally that one, excites me, or two, gives me massive confidence that I think they're going to do a better job than the man they're replacing. I think that's that's sort of the worry at the minute, isn't it, Lewis? Because we've seen, um, I know you went on the pod on a Saturday night, but we put out a whole hour and a bit long podcast talking about all the managerial candidates that have been put forward by um, the bookies and things like that. Steve Bruce is uh, one to two at this moment in time with six to four. Uh, last week's a still heavy favourite, but there is some conjecture behind that considering uh, it seems to be pretty clear that he was attended a funeral for someone um, on Friday, I think it was perhaps, and maybe that's just people putting two and two and making five or something like that. We don't really know. But, um, you know, there's been new names come out, one of them being... Um, uh, the Ebbs Fleet manager, Dennis Kutzreib, Kutzreib, or something like that. Apologies. Um, I saw an opinion piece on this that came out last night. I think it's from the Off the Line blog. And um, I don't know if people have seen that and that suddenly made him go into the betting um, numbers for it or something like that. I'm not really so sure. But, uh, you know, we all due respect to him. He's sitting 18th in the National League with um, Ebbs Fleet. So if we. Um, Sat Neil Harrison went for someone who's 18th in the National League, I would headbutt a wall with all due respect. Um, but I think that's the problem, isn't it, Lewis? There is a lot of names that are being mentioned here and there, but there isn't really one clear one. In fact, I read your piece as well that you did for, um, for I can't remember the name, sorry, forgive me. But um, you were talking about the Cowleys and um, and Carl Robinson. He, you just gave Robinson your sort of vote in the end, but it wasn't one where you've said, I definitely want him. It's more just a case of, out of all the names, I suppose he's probably the one you'd have to take just because he's probably the best of a fairly average bunch. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, as Reese said, it's a safe pair of hands with Neil Harris. And, you know, they want a more progressive manager, which is understandable. Someone that's going to, well, I assume they want someone that's going to play a bit more fearlessly, um, you know, black and white, a bit more attacking, I suppose you could say. And nothing really jumps out in terms of managers available. Of course, you've got a a lot of managers in jobs. Um. But Harris's pedigree as well, you've got to take that in, into consideration. I think, you know, obviously he had the year when we went down, wasn't his fault. Um, the year, well, the half a year before Christmas last year when, you know, he, he was, of course, to blame. But there are a lot of things to blame for for that disastrous few months. But after that, we did see him sort of start to spread his wings a little bit and and show what he could do. And, you know, I I don't really doubt that we'd have finished in the top seven with Harris, to be honest. But... If they want that more progressive manager, that's fine. And I understand it. Um, but yeah, no one really jumps out. I think in the piece you're referring to, I mean, with, with Football League World, I, I sort of sent them over a few thoughts and, and they put it into an article. And I think they asked me specifically about Cowley and Robinson. I sort of said, like, Robinson, like, I'm not, not too fussed on him because I think, first of all, he doesn't really want this... Well, the vibe I get from him anyway, he doesn't really want this head coach role. He wants, you know, a manager role. He wants a bit more control. Speaking to a couple of Oxford fans, he sort of likes a lot of control about what's going on at the club. And he's obviously not going to get that with the setup we've got at the minute with Hezen Tyler and Jackie, etc. Um, of course, he plays more attractive football. I think his off-the-field antics at times leave a, leave a few questions. So I'm not, I'm not really keen for it. I think, you know, I'd be willing to do the whole thing we all sort of did with Steve Evans where we look past that just because of the football we could play and what he could achieve potentially but it doesn't sort of scream out as an obvious option for me um you know again the likes of of Danny Cowley and you know Steve Bruce like nothing nothing inspires me that much for me you know Scott Lindsay still remains top of my top of my um you know list of candidates because I think he plays decent decent football he's done the he's done the hard graft of make of making his way up from from Chatham, if you like, to Crawley, he's doing well there, and he's a Gillingham man. And I know there's been some criticism of that in the past, but I think he'd be a decent fit for the club. But yeah, there is no one, no one jumping out. That's why Steve Bruce is top of the the bookies' odds. I don't think he's going to be in charge, luckily. Um, and I suppose why no one's been appointed yet. And 
you know, going off what Brad's saying, looking worldwide, I suppose it could be anyone. We've not had a peep out of the club in terms of genuine leaks slash links. So it could literally be anyone. Um, and yeah, it is important they get it right because, again, as Ray says, you know, they sacked, a ma- they sacked a manager who was a safe pair of hands and who had us doing decent in the league. And, you know, they want to take that next step. The Gallinson's playing attractive football and, you know, imagine we're top at the weekend, you know, there's so much pressure for, for the new person coming in. So, yeah, they need to get it right. And, yeah, no one really jumps out, to be honest, which I think is makes it a little bit more puzzling, perhaps. But, you know, we've been through whether it was the right decision or not. Um, it's just about getting the next part next part right now. Certainly is a very important uh, appointment it will prove to be, we hope. Um, Rhys, what do you make of the, the comment Brad made in terms of... Um, Look all over the world, sort of candidates from abroad. Obviously, he is American, so maybe he has some sort of ideas from over there. The only real name I could think of that's this is just my zero knowledge of you know American managers, to be honest. And this person I'm going to mention now isn't even American, but he managed there, and that would be Phil Neville. Uh, that's the one name I can think of in terms of like outside of the UK, maybe more further abroad. Um, do you think that's something that's actually being properly considered? I reckon it's maybe just a just a line, so to speak, in terms of where we're looking. Um, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of what we've had. I mean, we haven't heard a lot. We've we've been given two tweets essentially, um, which uh, a lot of it is sort of quite cliche, quite generic stuff you'd expect here in this situation. Anyway, I mean. We've heard it before, I suppose. When when Scally used to appoint managers, he used to, used to always say how many hundreds of applications he's had from from all over the world and things like that. So maybe it is true. Is it a route we're actually looking to go down? I don't know. I'd I'd be surprised if you know if if like we're led to believe Brad and Shannon are not in the country at the moment and sort of it's Scally and and Jacket overseeing the, the football side of things day to day at the minute. Can I imagine that them two have a particularly vast knowledge of overseas football managers? I can't see it myself. Um, so I'd, I'd be very cautious if, if that was the route we were looking to go down. Um, but no, I don't doubt that there's probably been applications from, from all over the world. Um, but it, it wouldn't be the approach I'd, I'd take at this stage, not with a division we're in anyway. Um I think League Two is quite unique. I think you need to know what you're doing when you come into this division. Um, you know, when Harris was manager, I think he admitted that self admitted that himself last season that, you know, in that first half of the season where he was really, really bad, I think there was probably elements in the division that caught him a little bit off guard where he hadn't managed down there before. Um, you know, you see with Mark Hughes at Bradford, that's not turned out very well, despite the, the wealth of experience he has at higher levels, and that's why I'd have a massive question mark over Steve Bruce. Um See, I don't know. Do I think there's anything in that? Probably not. I'm not expecting us to appoint a foreign manager within the next week or two, is my personal opinion. Lewis, that is a very important part of the the process, isn't it? Is finding someone who does have that experience at League Two level. Because like Reese says there, Mark Hughes did okay. First season at Bradford, getting into a playoff uh, semi-final. Probably still underachieved, really, all things considered, considering the league was... Certainly not as strong last year as it is now. And, you know, you put that down as a failure in terms of what Bradford really aspired to be in this division. Obviously, it's been a horrible start for him. They were, I think they were 18th when he was given his marching orders. And, you know, it's an example of if you have all the experience in the world, but you don't know how a certain league works, the different dynamics of it, it can prove to be a big issue for you. And that's probably why not only Steve Bruce would be an issue, but I wanted to get your thoughts on, I mentioned the Emsworth manager earlier, and there's been some claims and... <clears throat> Some Jules fans I've seen who have been quite hopeful for a non-league manager to come in. The names that quite often are put around that is, I think, Mike Williamson at Gateshead, um, Woodman at Bromley, and I think his name's Brennan or something like that, at Barnet. Um, three managers I don't know too much about. I know, uh, Wood, um, what's his name? Woodman was um, sort of tipped or in around the betting odds before Harris got the job uh, in that January. So maybe that's something that's maybe coming back from before. We don't know, but... I suppose when you're talking about having experience at League Two level, when you need to really consider it when you've sacked someone like Neil Harris, you need someone who has that pedigree to come in and take us to the next level. And you know, I've said it before, but I haven't spoken to you about it. But um, for me, I don't think someone who doesn't have that experience 
in the League Two especially and also hasn't managed this low before if you want to take it into consideration a lot of Steve Bruce have managed higher at the other end of the spectrum than league managers who haven't managed in this division yet that's where I think it would be a very brave but also a very risky route to go down It'd be very risky yeah especially if if we appointed a non-league manager you mentioned the three there that are being talked about I know Woodman's done a a really solid job at Bromley. He's really liked there. Um, I think he, like you say, he was in around the talk before. I I think it looked like at one point he was going to be appointed, but for whatever reason, that didn't happen. Likes of Williamson, who's trying to play liquid football at Gateshead and succeeding on on many fronts, to be honest. And, you know, the guy at Barnet as well. They're all decent managers, but I suppose it does come with that risk where you're asking them to come and get promoted out of League Two with a squad that's not theirs. Um, in their first few months, really, of of League Two management. I think as well, someone, just because they've done well higher, it doesn't necessarily mean they'll do lower. You use Mark Hughes, will do well lower. You use Mark Hughes as the example. Um, I think Neil Harris as well, you know. Not, not many people would be surprised if his next job's in League One, for example. Um, you know, he was someone that, as Ree said, he had to come down, he had to learn a lot about League Two. I suppose on the other foot, you've got people like talented coaches, I suppose, like Michael Carrick and Kieran McKenna have dropped into the championship and and done really well there. I think it's just important to have that knowledge, really. It's obviously a massive, massive risk if you want to appoint someone that's never managed in the league before. And it's not as if we're 18th and they're saying, all right, let's try and get us around the playoffs in your first year and then the next year we'll give it a real good go. I think it's clear from the words and the actions of our owners that the aim this year is promotion, whether that's through the playoffs or through the automatics. Um, and that is a big ask. But at the same time, if you're a talented manager, you're a talented manager. Um, it's the thing as well. You, you know, we, we literally have no idea which sort of avenue they're going to go down, whether they're going to go for someone who is sort of proven at this level, you know, Carl Robinson, for example, um, the Cowleys, whether they're going to go for someone who is a up, good, good upcoming coach like Williamson, um, maybe a number two from somewhere else, uh, you know, someone who, <clears throat> excuse me, someone who is very adapted to this league and knows this league really well. It's really, really hard to know because, we, like you said, we have literally no names. So that is a massive risk. Um, I think I'd, I would be inclined to go for someone who is sort of who knows the league as much as possible, I think. You know, as I said, Lindsay Robinson, they would be my sort of first choices. I do like the idea of appointing an up-and-coming coach. Um, I don't know much truth in it. I heard there were, you know, there was an idea of Andrew Cross and he wasn't interested in leaving the gig he's got at Brighton. But, you know, having an up-and-coming coach or a number two excites me, but I'm not really sure it's what we need right now. No, and then with the coaches who may have played in this division who are now at higher levels in coaching roles, again, coach managing and playing in this division is a lot different, especially considering the likes of Crofts and Adam Barrett, for example. League 2 has changed a lot since then, so we'd have to see. Uh, Reese, this is something I've, I've just comes to my head now, and it's not something that you know we'd be used to as Jewels fans, but we talk about a lot of the managers that have been mentioned in terms of you know availability, and a lot of them are without clubs at the minute, but... I suppose given what we did in January where we, we used buyout clauses to, to get some players in, I suppose it's not out of the question that we may well be looking at managers who are currently employed to try and get them out of their contract. I couldn't think of a specific, specific example of someone right now who would be going for to do that. But I suppose it's as much as we talk about managers who are unemployed and have a stronger possibility of being, being appointed, I suppose we can't really take out the idea that we may well be looking to pay someone out of their contract to, to bring them to the club because there's precedence for it in terms of a playing side. So I wouldn't put it past the people in charge to maybe think, well, we've got a group of managers here who are unemployed who we could get, but maybe we should go and get someone who's doing well, someone else, and bring them here because we have the financial now to, to go and do that. So it could well be an option. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, Lindsay's name's been mentioned quite a lot and obviously he'd fall into that category where we'd have to try and, I'd say, I'd, I'd say try and prize him away from Crawley, but let's be honest, we've not seemed to have had much difficulty doing that um, with the amount of players we've taken off them in recent months. Um, obviously, it'd be the same with, with the guys out of non-league too. Um, I'm I'm very much with 
with you and Lewis that for me it's it's not the route to go down. Um, you know, this is this is Brad and Shannon's first managerial appointment. Um, I'd like to think anyway that they're going to try and sort of appoint a, an eyebrow raiser. Um, you know, a, a really ambitious, exciting appointment. I don't think plucking someone out of non-league will, would be that. You know, look at look at the squad we've got this season. Um, I'd say we've probably got three players that probably only joined us in the summer because Neil Harris was the manager. Um, so having someone of that ilk who has pull to, to help you bring players in that perhaps are too good for your level will be very difficult to do if you've got a manager coming from non-league. Um, so I don't know. I I kind of hope the concept of us plucking a manager from somewhere else does turn out to be true. Um, and it ends up being the name that is completely out of the blue and we haven't seen mentioned yet because like, like I've said already, the, the list going round doesn't, doesn't overly excite me. But no, you could be right. There could be teams sort of in League One who don't quite have the same resources that we've got now. So... And, you know, the nature of football management is that if if you do two years somewhere, you've had a pretty good gig now. Um, so in, in the world of football management now, everything's quite short term. So if, if you sort of went to a, a coach or a manager at a League One team, sort of offered them more money than they're on now to come and, and manage a very talented squad of players, knowing they could well be back in League One next year anyway, then, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there'll probably be some that would consider it. I'll put, I'll put this question to both of you just because we've had a comment come in before we get on to the actual um, footballing side of um, of the podcast as we head to Warsaw on uh, Saturday. But this comment just come in. Lewis, I'll put it to you first and then Reese, uh, give your views on it as well. Uh, Robert Hawley says, don't don't agree with that lead to experience is necessary. Plenty of National League teams slash managers have done well this season and in, in recent years. I'd rather we appoint somebody on the way up, not an ageing persona drifting down the ladder. Motivation would be stronger in the former. Um, I get what you mean in the sense that you know, Notts County manager would probably be the best example, but at the same time, the Notts County aren't exactly um, not blessed with resources, and the team they came up with initially, and then being able to you know bring the likes of David McGoldrick, etc., it does make a manager's job a little bit easier. Not that their gaffer doesn't deserve credit for for getting them where they are at the minute, but um, for me, I just think that in where we are at the minute, the fact that we've sacked someone who's got the experience and know-how of Neil Harris, I think the, the next problem just has to be someone experienced and someone able to get this group of players promoted. Because I think that is that is the ambition now. I think, well, it's not the ambition. I think that's what it has to be, just because I don't know why else you sack Neil Harris unless you're adamant you need to get promoted this season. I think that's the, that's the standard that's now been set by this appointment. So I think it just needs to be Someone who knows how to get us promoted and someone who can do it, and that's why I'm not as keen on the going down the National League route. Because firstly, I don't think it's really fair on their manager anyway to come up from the National League and suddenly be in a position where you have to get a team promoted to League One after just managing in in the National League. And then also, you, you, for me, I, I just can't get away from needing the experience to to get that get this team over the line. Um, Lewis, what are your thoughts on that one? No, I agree with you, Arvin. I don't. I don't think it's essential. Like. You know, I know the championship is a very, very different league to League Two, and it's got a lot more eyes on it. But you know, we've we've I use the example of Carrick and McKenna, and you know, McKenna went down to League One and got Ipswich promoted. Um, you know, I'm sure nothing comes to the top of my head, but I'm sure there's been more examples as well. And I don't think it's essential. You could have someone come down, take the league by storm. You know, I suppose you get people going, starting off down here, and. Um, sort of climbing the ladder. Do you think of Rob Edwards obviously had success at Forest Green now managing the Premier League? Um you know, there's some more names that none of them I can think of off the top of my head under pressure. But I think, you know, that's definitely possible, but it's 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 a risky one where our sort of tunnel vision aim is very obviously promotion. And like you said, you got you got you're asking a, you know, young up and coming manager from the National League to to come in and deliver that within their first season. It's almost an unfair challenge and an unfair order, if you like. So it does excite me. You know, there's a chance that Williamson, for example, could come in, could come in, have us playing liquid football, get us champions of 100 plus points. Or there's a chance that he might come in, he might get caught out a little bit and we finish mid-table. And I think as well, you use the comparison of 
Harris. We had someone who was solid, someone who knew the league, someone who was ready to have that promotion charge. And because it was a, you know, whether you were in agreement with it or not, because it was a questionable sacking, we're always going to compare, you know, at the end of the season, say we come, say we come ninth, we're always going to look back and think, I wonder how we would have finished up if Harris had stayed, stayed in charge. And, you know, we'll never know, but there's always going to be that comparison. And if it goes wrong, everyone's going to, everyone's going to look back to this last week or so and think about that. So it's a risk, you know, as I said, I wouldn't be against it. That, well, you know, in theory, I wouldn't be against it. That does excite me, but I don't think that's the, the safe approach right now. Yeah, Rhys? Um, I think I think the comments fair. I I agree with the um with the notion that I'd I'd rather have a manager on the way up than one that's on the way down. Um, like I said, the the, the thought of Steve Bruce doesn't doesn't entertain my mind at all. Um, but I I I wouldn't say Cowley or Robinson are are either of those. To be fair, I just, I think they're probably in the middle ground, which it's probably about where we need to be. So I've sort of, like I say, Cowley and Robinson don't, the thought of them don't massively excite me either. But if someone said to me, you've got to narrow down that betting list that exists to two, and it's going to be one of those, it would be Robinson and Cowley that I would probably go with because they've both got experience in and around our level, but then they're, they're not what I'd call dinosaurs. You know, they're still probably what, early to mid 40s um so they they're at a pretty good age with decent experience decent enough pedigree whilst the reason why they don't excite me that much is because i think they're sort of they're very much on the same sort of level as harris um whereas i'd like to think that by sacking harris we're going to go and set our sights higher than that now um but no i would so i'd i'd rather take a punt on a upcoming manager than someone like steve bruce point taken but I would see someone like Robinson, like Cowley, um, as a as a safer bet than than taking someone out of the National League because if you know we've got a very good talent, a very good, very talented squad here for the level we're at. So if we appoint a manager from the National League, um, and we do get ourselves up this season, it's then a very big jump in sort of eight months' time for someone to go from managing in the National League to then having to manage in League One. Um, so I just think at this stage, someone in the middle ground um, is probably going to be the best option for us. Yeah, let's just wrap it up on the uh, the manager front before we get on to the, uh, the preview of Walsall. Um, first comment, uh, David Creasy says, I've defeated them, they know what who they want and possibly want to give the new person a home game to start. And where better to start at home to top of the league in front of a packed priest or could, could, what could go wrong? Uh, that obviously being a Notts County game next Saturday, um, We'd hope that we have uh, someone in by then, certainly. Yeah, but we'll have to see. Um, Mark Gingle says, not sure he would drop down to League Two, but what about John Eustace? Did well at Birmingham. Um, I think we're all in agreement here. With, if John Eustace walked through the door, we wouldn't mind it at all. But I think, you know, reality is, um, Lewis, I think he's just been sacked whilst, I think, sixth in the Championship of Birmingham. But it, Again, with, with the, the new American owners, it seemed like it was sort of always a plan when Rooney became available to make that switch. Regardless, um, they just come off the back of a derby victory over um, West Brom as well. So that's a second you could say is pretty harsh considering the circumstances. And but I think in terms of John Eustace dropping to lead two, I think it'll be full of probably the next whatever next championship job becomes available. I'm sure he'd be a very high candidate for that one. Yeah, he would. You know, we're. We're unsure on what we can attract. We're a very attractive proposition. Um, you know, a team that has got resources available now, a team that's got a good squad of players that, you know, weren't, you know, potentially performing to their to their best, which I suppose was was why the change was made because because those making the decisions feel that they can they can get more out of our squad, I suppose. Um, and you know, it's not as if we're a club in crisis where we're scratching around to put an eleven together like we have been in the past. There's, there's plenty of options, you know, albeit injuries, where a manager is going to come in and they've got the resources to come and do well and have a good crack at you know promotion. So I don't think Eustace would drop down, but like I say, you never know. We didn't think Harris would come down when when we looked destined to be relegated from League One, and he did. So you you never know. But I would 
be inclined to say that's quite unrealistic. You know, there's some laughable suggestions out there of Lampard and stuff like that, but try to um, stay away from that until I um, to make sure I don't and to quote Owen headbutt a wall. So yeah, I think it probably you know no one would <laughs> no one would question that appointment, but I think it's unrealistic. No, obviously, Reese would be a, would be a great name to come in, but again. Um... Probably the most unlikely one we've uh, talked about so far. But, um, Reese, we'll come to you first for the actual on-field um, shenanigans that are happening this week as Jules travel to Warsaw, the ground, as, uh, as I mentioned in the intro to the show, that we don't have uh, the most healthiest record out in recent years. We were there last year. Um, I think we were anyway. I can't remember. I think we had something planned the next day. But um, we were there. Uh, we lost 2-0 um, on the road. Connor Wilkinson, I think, scored the second goal in injury time. I think as Isaac Hutchinson maybe scored the first one and we, we weren't very good on the day. Um but regardless, um, not a ground we go to with a lot of um, optimism given recent results there. But they're a team who were not in the best of form at the minute, sitting 18th in the table. I think um, not had the best time of it. I just listened to Jules and the Buds, uh, Matt's preview of a Walsall fan. It seemed like they have uh, a lot of injuries going around at the minute and there's a lot of players who are doubts. I think they have some players, not many, but I think one or two maybe on internationals. And yeah, probably on, on paper with that knowledge and obviously coming off the back of that horrible defeat to um, Sutton at the weekend is probably um, the cliche way of saying that, I suppose, as good a time as any to be playing them. Possibly, but I suppose on the flip side of that, they may look at us and think the same. Um, you know, the sort of the un- the uncertainty of not having a manager at the moment. You know, uh, one of our best players in Scott Malone suspended. Our right-backs away on international duty. We've got a plethora of other injuries throughout the team at the moment. Um, so I, I would think for, for opposition teams, if if you're going to get something against us, now is probably the time to do it. Um, and yeah, I, I I don't think it's going to be an easy game for us. Like you say, their their form isn't fantastic, but they generally don't lose too many at home. Um, I think they draw quite a lot of games, and I I looked to to last week, and we played. I'd say we played well for the middle hour of that game last week. We was really poor 15 minutes at the start, 15 minutes at the end. Um, but despite the fact we played quite well, um, we gave up 27 shots. Um, so whilst the nature of the football we played may have been a little bit easier on the eye to watch, depending on on what you want to see from a game of football, um, we did give up a, quite a lot of chances. Obviously, what happened on Tuesday happened. Um, so I'd, I'd have thought if we approach this game with the same mindset as last week, being away from home, I think we will concede goals. Um, so I, I'm anticipating quite a high scoring affair um, on Saturday. It goes very much against what I'm going to say later on. But um, yeah, Lewis, um, as a, not the best record at Walsall, but it's one of those where something's got to give at some point, you would have thought. Um, as as Reece mentioned, we've got a few problems in terms of suspensions, international duty, uh, injuries as well. Um, I thought it was quite interesting. Johnny Williams played ninety minutes the other night. Um, I suppose that's just because he didn't play on a Saturday, so he'll be available again. So it does seem at the minute we seem to have a bit of an issue of you know one player coming back, two going out, one player coming back, another two going out. But it's um, the second game of the tenure under um, uh, Millen, so obviously kicked off with the two-one victory. Um, last weekend against NK Dons, I'm not counting the Portsmouth game. And, um, yeah, I suppose, as far as he's concerned, I've not listened to his, his presser yet, but he's just going to keep things going as they are, same sort of mindset until he's told otherwise, and that's all he can really do. So, I suppose, from his point of view, it's another free hit, because he knows he won't be in a job full time, and it's just about trying to go out and doing what he can with the boys to get the best result he can on the day. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough one, and I think maybe some people anticipate looking at the form, etc. But it's it's on paper, you know. No disrespect to Warsaw, it's one you look at and think, manage no manager or not, it's it's a good opportunity to get another three points on the board. Yeah, it is. It's not the worst fixture to have, as you said. They're they're struggling a little bit, but going away from home can never be underestimated. I think it's potentially as hard as it has been for a long time to to go away from home and have success on a Saturday afternoon um, or a Tuesday night, I suppose. And, yeah, it won't be easy. This is this is sort of what I was saying with Harris is, you know, we're not going to necessarily have an easy game, but I think we could, you know, 
expect to see one that we should be trying to win because Walsall down there, they have different ambitions to us this season. As Reece said, we had a very good hour, middle hour against uh, MK Dons. And I was surprised afterwards, actually, to see how many shots they had because I thought, well, I was looking more than anything to see how many shots we had because I thought we were really good in that middle hour. And <clears throat> seeing afterwards that they had 27 shots gave me a bit of a shock. I don't know how many of them came in the last sort of 15 minutes when, you know, we bizarrely shut up shop. But I assume it's going to be the same sort of thing where we're going to be on the front foot like you. I've not listened to Millen's words today, but I saw him say what the club tweeted out that he wants to win the game, which, you know, every every manager wants to win the game, but it sounds like he wants to go out with that positive approach again. And we could have scored a lot more than two goals at the weekend. Um, we could have conceded a lot more than one as well. So we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, we won't, we won't count Tuesday, as you say. You know, it was... It was a weird one where we played okay for half, for a half, and then sort of fell apart. Some of the young lads came on, a few goals from set pieces. You know, literally irrelevant. So if you sort of take the MK Don's game as our last game, some positive signs, but also some some screws to tighten. Uh, you know, I don't think Walsall will be as bad, ironically, as MK Don's were. So it won't be easy, but I do sort of, sort of expect to go and. You know, you mentioned our record, of course, as well. But that, that again, like you say, that's got to change at some point. So I do sort of expect to go there, and we should be able to win the game, hopefully. Yeah, Reese. The last uh, few results haven't been too kind for Walsall. Obviously, uh, that four 0 defeat to Sutton, an nil nil draw at home to MK Dons, three one win away at Bradford. Although that was during the Mark Hughes tenure, so you can read into that a little bit, I suppose. And then just before that. Home defeat to Wimbledon by three goals to one and an away defeat to Swindon by two goals to nil. Just the four wins so far this season um, for Wolves. So obviously, no longer with uh, Michael Flynn in charge. Um, sadly, he's now taken the role. What's something that was a bit contentious at the time by the sounds of it. But I suppose in terms of uh, team news, I think Scott Malone, obviously we know he's not going to be available because of uh, suspensions. Tim Deang still out, of course. Uh, Ollie Hawkins still out. Um, Charlie Zander away with St. Lucia. Uh, might well be his first international cap. I'm not sure about that, but it's the first time he's been called up when he's been with Jules, I'm pretty sure. So congratulations to him. And um, yeah, lots of differing ways you can go with the lineup, really, because obviously we saw last week that the first 15 minutes with Ashley Addison and Tom Nichols up front, it wasn't particularly working for us. Ashley obviously came out injured, which I think he's probably going to rule him out this week. I'm not sure if Millen's commented on that and his presser or not, but. If he's rolled his ankle, it's going to be tight for sure to get uh, availability for this week, you'd have thought. But obviously, we know from last week that the game completely changed in his head once McCauley Bond came on, came off the bench and he was uh, dropped for the game against NK Dons, but needs must came on. And, and I don't say single-handedly won us the game, but I think if he hadn't come on and we'd been stuck the way we were, it would have been a lot more difficult for us to, to force those mistakes from NK Dons and take advantage. So it shows how important McCauley is. But with that in mind, what would your ideal 11 be looking though considering the players who got suspended and possible changes etc um yeah I mean first of all I completely agree with you on Bond um for whatever reason he's come in and maybe it's I'd say it's because he's missed some chances but it felt to me like even before he was getting in the team people were jumping on his back maybe it was the car incident or, or what not but for for me, with probably after, after at the moment, probably after OG and Coleman, he's the next name that's going on my team sheet at the moment. I think he is as he's the best all round forward we have by an absolute country mile, in my opinion. Um, he's he's all he's an all action forward. He's involved in so much of our build up play. He wins his flicks, and he's the biggest goal threat we've got. Um, so for me, we have to make sure we keep him fit, and that is a place in the team for him going forward. Um, I, th- I think the team's going to be quite easy to pick, to be honest. Um, I'd have thought we're going to keep the same sort of four-four-two system as last week. Um, I expect it will be Turner, um, it will be McKenzie, Masterson, OG, and Max Clark. I'd have thought across the midfield will be Jalen Clark, Don Jeffries, Ethan Coleman. And Connor Mahoney, and I'd have thought Nichols and, and Bonnell play up front. Um, the only issue then is, and it was the same last week against MK Dons, but obviously, luckily, we, we went two goals up, so we were always ahead in the game. Um, but if we don't have anyone back, if we go behind at the weekend, the 
the options we're going to have from an attacking point of view to come off the bench are going to be very, very limited, which concerns me a little bit. Yeah, here's, here's the concern, Lewis. Obviously, we saw um, Johnny Williams, who wasn't involved in NK Don's game. Obviously, I think he played 90 minutes, I think he said, uh, against uh, Portsmouth, which obviously suggests that he's going to be fine and available. Um, George Lapsley didn't play last weekend, um, didn't feature in the uh, Kappa, Kappa 1, the Papa John thingy on Tuesday either, so his whereabouts, uh, we're not sure yet. I'm sure Midden's covered all of this, I just haven't listened to it yet, I haven't had the time, so I'll listen to it later on and maybe get my answers there. But there's also the uh, the curious case, if you like, of Sean Williams, who um, is apparently nursing, uh, nursing an injury, but I must admit, I remember after the crew game, Harry said he just wasn't involved because obviously of his age, he can't really play Saturday, Tuesday anymore. So I was expecting to be in and around the squad Saturday. He wasn't. Um, you know, whether he is nursing an injury or not, we don't know. But um, is he does prove to be a big miss, Sean, um, especially in games where we do take the lead and we want to control the game a bit more, not allow spaces in behind. He's very good at you know getting getting on the ball, getting us upfield a little bit. Not the most mobile, but he controls the game because slow down the tempo, etc. So he's going to be a miss if he isn't available again. But I suppose that the team, like Reece said, is quite easy to predict. I don't know if you'd make any changes, but uh, to what Reese said anyway, but it's it's going to be an opportunity for some players, especially Max Clark, because it's going to be his first start of the campaign in the league, and it's his first chance to really, put, well, put his name out there. Really, as as a viable option to challenge Malone. We all know how good Malone is, and it's unlikely that Malone won't come straight back in, regardless of how well Max does this weekend. But he's probably the player who's had the the, the worst luck so far this season, not with injury, just because he's been behind someone who's more or less undroppable. Uh, going by his performances so it's a good opportunity for Max to get 90 minutes under his belt and to sort of try and prove a point but then you know if Lapsley is missing and you know Johnny Williams should be back but we you know can't say about, ever say 100% we never know what happens in training but he should be back and then he gives us another option at least but I think the team with that in mind whether Sean's available or not we don't know whether George is available or not we don't know but I, I still think that team should be enough to you know, especially given the form balls are in it should be enough to get to get us over the line, you default. Yeah, I think, again, just going off what the club has tweeted out today, um, I think Miller said that there's a chance for Lapsley and Sean Williams, but probably not Nadison, which is which is fine. Um, obviously, we're pre-light in midfield. We assume Dom Jeffries back in centre midfield and Ethan Coleman is one yellow card away from a suspension as well, which would cause a few issues as well. Um Luckily, it's not this game because I think you would probably assume that Robbie McKenzie would play there and we need him to play right back this week. So um, that's good. But obviously, you'd rather him. he wasn't suspended for the Notts County game. So one to keep an eye on there, potentially. I think, yeah, Coleman's been absolutely fantastic. And I really agree with Reese that Coleman and Ogie have been our best two players so far this season. Um, I would go with, with Reese's lineup. Um, I think with Max Clark, it's a great chance for him. A player who of course, came in probably thinking he was going to be playing 45 games at left-back this season. And then the opportunity came up to sign Scott Malone, who is, you know, you could probably make a case that he's up there with Coleman and Ogie as well, to be honest, in, in terms of our best players this season. He did go off injured on Tuesday as well, which is something to note. Um, I don't know if that was covered today by Millen, but I sort of thought he was limping. And then, because um, I was at the game, he came over at the end and he had a massive strapping around his leg, which I know is sort of protocol anyway if you go off with an injury like that. But fingers crossed that he is fine to come back in when um, when he is back from suspension because the last thing you want is one of your best players getting injured in that competition. So fingers crossed, but I think Max Clark is a, is a good understudy. I think a lot of people will compare him to Malone, myself included, to be fair, and in the eye, he's not as good as Malone. I think he really struggled Tuesday playing centre midfield, actually, but you know, back in his natural left back position, um, I'm happy with that to cover. Happy enough with Robbie McKenzie as well, in at right back. And I think Masterson and Ogie, yeah, again, Jeffries, Coleman, Mahoney. I think, you know, maybe Clark versus Williams on the left is up for debate. And then Nichols and Bon up front. And just want to echo Reese's thoughts on Bon as well. Um, completely agree that he's our sort of most complete forward. I've said a few times on the show that I think he was the final piece to our forward jigsaw, if you like. You had that sort of creative forward in Tom Nichols, which we've seen so much recently for both Williams' goal and Malone's goal. And just that sort of, you know, I'm not saying he was creating loads with Malone's goal. He just sort of squared it. But that sort of thinking forward that's quite quite clever on the ball. 
that sort of thing. You had the pace of Nadison, you had the target man of Hawkins, if you like, if if, if he's ever back, and sort of all round nature of Lewis Walker. But Macaulay Bond is a bit of all of it put into one, really. And again, he's he's like Reese said, he's by far our biggest goal threat. There's been a lot of frustration with some of the chances he's missed. The early one he missed on Saturday wound me up because. You know, I see the chance of missed against Crew. You see the one he missed Saturday, and you think, you know, mate, just put the ball in the net. Um, and you know, was it that he took so long to sign when we saw him in the training session? The thing that happened with the crash, I don't know. But I feel like there there were a lot of people unnecessary jumping on his back when he is our most important forward. And uh, I, I think Reece said this as well would be one of the first names on the team sheet for me because of because of how good he is, and he's going to be pretty important for us this season. So. Yeah, my team would be the same. We don't have much to come on from the bench. You know, Satole, um, MacArthur, for example, in attacking areas. But in terms of the starting side, you know, Turner, the usual back four. And then, yeah, Coleman, Jeffries, Mahoney, Clark and Nichols and Bond, um, who I think are going to complement each other very well up front going forward. Yeah, we certainly hope so. Really, the only concern really is going to be that if we are in a position where we're in front and we're controlling the game if um, Miller looks to his bench, doesn't see many forwards and tries to go the same route as last week because I know we, we got away with it in the end because that's what happened. We did get away with it. We put ourselves in a very difficult position for no real reason. So we're hoping that doesn't um, happen again because you're not going to get away with it twice all the same. But um, yeah, just to round off uh, tonight, gents, uh, thanks everyone for, for joining us. Um, we'll be back on Saturday night to review the game and... Uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully a Jules win under Millen, and then we can look forward to a week where hopefully we start to see the um, the uh, managerial merry-go-round hot up a bit more, and we get a, a name come forward who we know is going to be taking um, taking the Jules over for the game against MK Dons and further on than that. Um, but yeah, before we go, um, Reese, have you got a sports score prediction for us? Uh, two each for me. Two each, Lewis. Two one Jules. I think we'll um we'll play good attacking football and we'll go two two nil up and I can almost imagine the same thing happening that happened last week where we, you know, as you said, we put ourselves in a difficult position and I think we might narrowly get away with it again. But yeah, two one win. I'll go for a one nil win. I think we drew a one nil. It's been a while, hasn't it? We used to do it every week, now we don't do it too much. So I think we drew a one nil victory. I'm gonna go with McCauley Bond to to get back on the score sheet again and um yeah, hopefully continue the little run he might have going um, but yeah all our positive results really regardless um, yeah we're back Saturday and um, yeah until then up with Jules good night